With the flick of her pen, she writes. Chapter 4 The Great Ball Grimelda was quite pleased with herself. She held the power ball in her hand and gazed into its murky depths. She still hadn't figured out how to see inside it yet, but she wasn't daunted. She knew there was a way. Tonight they would hold a great ball in her honor, and the elders of Katana had been invited. Why, Grimelda wasn't sure, but she figured the lords of Dragonshire wanted to boast and flaunt the power ball, knowing full well how everyone across the Badlands had wanted it for their very own. It was an intriguing thing, this power ball, and each tribe figured they could come to use its great wisdom for their very own. Grimelda didn't so much care about that as she wanted the ball for its ability to leave the planet. She had heard the stories of the great wizard from beyond the stars and his longing to go back to those stars one day. She felt a great synchronicity with this wizard, old Grimald, and she wanted more than the power ball to meet with him and understand where he was from. She thought that by using the power ball she could summon him to her and speak with him at her whim, but so far all she saw were murky clouds even when she implored her most deepest spells upon it. She sat the power ball down on a little cradle she had made for it and took to dressing for the great ball. There would be many visitors and she hoped that the Fay of Katana would send over the young fairy lord Hyperseth. She had seen him on her travels hunting in the dark woods and she had liked what she saw. She knew there were rules about witches and fairy folk, but she chose to ignore most man-made rules in favor of her own. The bell tower of the castle sounded three times and Grimelda hastened her pace. The elders wanted her to make a grand entrance using the power ball as a show-off when she came into the main hall. All the guests would be gathered there and she was to enter from the top staircase and grandly float down holding the ball and using her magic to make it spin. She had no thought about anyone trying anything against her such was her desire to be seen and admired. But outside the castle, in the waiting grounds, the fairy lord Hyperseth waited with his magic horse Tulane. Tulane had been brushed and gilded with fairy dust until he glowed, and Hyperseth had shined up his armor of gold and had a light dagger in his pocket. The dagger was to be used as soon as he saw the chance. And Hyperseth's pockets were lined with fairy gold, and in Tulane's trappings lay folded a map to the lords of Man Abbey and in Hyperseth's pocket was a note, a note that had been instructed to, that he had been instructed to read after he had fled Castle Dragonshire with said powerball in hand. And as the great bell tower sounded four times, Tulane whinnied, and Hyperseth readied himself as the gates of the castle swung open to welcome the guests inside. Tulane marched in step with his master as they almost floated through the wrought iron doors and safely within its walls they steadied themselves for the great ride that would come all too soon. For Hyperseth would be leaving Castle Dragonshire, not only with the power ball, but with young Magdalen Ravenclaw as his prisoner. He dare not think about that now, or he might have known that such was the destiny of two hearts to be as one. He only could see what he had been allowed to be seen by the lords of Katana, and beyond that, any alliances between fairy folk and witches had been hidden from even him. 
Let the great ball begin! The footmen of the castle rang out in baritone and tenor voices in unison. Let the power ball be shown! They commanded as everyone cheered. Grimelda set her jaw and picked up the power ball from its gilded cradle. She smoothed her crinoline skirts and donned her witch's cap. After this ball, she would be considered fully in her power and would be awarded with the magical witch's pointed hat that all other graduates of the arts of the castle had earned. She was pretty proud of herself as Magdalene appeared in her own pointed hat to help Grimelda with her skirts and to help dispel anyone from getting too close to the power ball. Grand music sounded and Grimelda and Magdalene took their place atop the grand staircase. The crowd cheered as Grimelda lifted off the floor and floated high above the grand ballroom entrance. Lords and ladies, wizards and witches, and fairy lords and ladies cheered on at the sight of the powerball, spinning and emitting rainbow colors and glitter down into the crowd. In mid-spin, Grimelda felt a tuck on her sleeve. She turned, thinking Meglin must be playing a joke on her. But rather, there was in Meglin's place the sight of a young fairy boy, of only several hundred years, laughing as he snatched the power ball from Grimelda's grasp. The ball was lightly tossed to a highly gilded horse who reared up on its magical hind legs and took off out of the hall. And before anyone could give chase, the sound of Magdalen Ravenclaw and a blood-curdling scream ran out over the crowd. She was suspended by a magical lasso and unable to use any of her powers. Grimelda didn't know which way to turn her magic first, and with a lightness in her young heart and a swiftness in her magic, left the great hall to follow boldly after Tulane. Her sister's magic could take care of itself, Grimelda thought, as all thoughts of her witch status being full pulled from her at the theft of the powerball flooded her mind. She would get this back at all costs, even at the cost of her own family. Chapter 5 The Dark Woods Tulane trotted and sidestepped and galloped along at the coursing of his master, his destination a projection within his mind, as his master Hyperseth followed along a different path, with young Megdalen in tow. Let me go or I'll... A clamp was placed over her mouth. Although it didn't feel rigid, it appeared to be made of something fairy-spun, what was quite adept at keeping her from saying another word. She turned this way and that, trying to see her captor, but Hyperseth only allowed to be seen what was needed. Right now, he was hidden in a dark cloak with the hood pulled low down. However, he didn't want to appear evil or dark, only commanding as he shushed her. It'll be all right now, he said softly, working to quickly get them both out of Dragonshire jurisdiction and into the dark woods. His instructions had been to meet an elder fay of Katana at the dark juncture between the two lands. But when he entered the forest outscapes, all he could see were the tall conifers and the sight of gilded Tulane up ahead with the power ball. At least he thought he had made it safely, Hyperset thought, although the plan and his magic had been foolproof. Magdalene squirmed under the bonds of the magic lasso, and even though she was traveling in the wake of fairy magic, she felt under the weather. She had been fooled, and worst of all, kidnapped. She had allowed the Powerball to be hijacked, and even worse, she had let the elders of Castle Dragonshire down. They might not even bother to try and rescue her, she thought with dismay. Because witches pointed hat or not, she had failed. Failed the school, her sister, and even herself. Was her magic and intuition so faulty that she couldn't see this coming? She was beating herself up 
although unbeknownst to her, no single witch or even the whole coven of Dragonshire could have foretold this dark deed. For this had been a plan many lifetimes in the making. Long since the days of old Grimald and the labyrinth had this plan been set in motion. You see, not one, not even the most powerful earth being could actually capture one from the stars. And even though it had taken many moons to reach this moment, old Grimald had lived to see a new day and a new life. He would even leave again to take on his old wife. And together their love could awaken an even more powerful vortex. And with that vortex and the power ball, they would return home again. The dark wood was quiet, and old Grimald, now Hyperseth, caught up with Tulane. The lords of the Isle of Man Abbey had been watching intently on their own scrying device, and having been made powerless to intervene, could only see what had come to pass from a lifetime of wishes made so long ago. Old Grimald would have his way after all. The Badlands would be converted to a golden land, and the lords of the Isle of Man, the Fae of Katana, and the elders of Dragonshire wouldn't be able to do a darn thing about it. Or could they? Chapter 6 Hyperseth The dark wood was aglow in magical fire, a fire so deep and penetrating that it lit the way forward for both of them. Meglin had given up trying to escape the lasso and tried rather to see if there was anything about her captor she might try to subterfuge. There was something so familiar about him, she thought she never would know the truth of who he was until the very last moment. That moment would come after the time he had betrothed himself to her and that they would commence to leave the planet. Only then could she know who she truly was, a lady of the stars and to the star she would return with her lord and lover, Hyperseth. Yes, the old one had it all worked out, he thought, but the time would pass anyway, and he must first find them a safe place. He had scouted this area well in advance, and had set up a secret outpost in the caves of the River Darling. The River Darling was used as a magical portal to go between Katana and Dragonshire, and it was here where he had felt they would be least likely to look for him. He knew the Elder Fay and the Abbey Lords were trekking his whereabouts, because of course everyone was after the Powerball, but they would never find it or him, he thought, as he gathered wood to make a small fire. Fairies could easily stave off the cold, but he wasn't sure about witches and figured Meglin might need the warmth. He pulled his cape hood away from his face and let his dark locks fall to past his shoulders. He had placed Elderflower in his hair thinking she might remember the ancient smell as one they shared together in the winter time. It was all he could do to hold his desire inside for her. She looked just as he had recalled, as the image of his ancient wife, then called Martingale, stood before him. Names didn't matter now, for it was time for her to see what mattered most, his soul. And in looking deeply into her eyes, he hoped she would recall her love of long ago. He loosened the bonds of the lasso, but only slightly. He knew she had powerful magic, even if she hid it behind her sisters. He touched her hand with his, and Magdalene shuddered at the feeling of it. A glimmer of light passed between them, and a door opened, if only for a moment. Magdalene saw something, and then it faded. A lover of long ago grazed a small point in her consciousness, and then he was gone. 
The eyes, he thought, holding both her hands between his. He looked into hers, trying to hold her gaze. But in fearing the worst, Magdalen closed her eyes to his, thinking dark magic might be passing between them. Her heart closed to love so long ago. It would take more than a mere glance into those eyes to sway her. Do you know who I am? Hyperseth hoped she might recall something, anything about them. But Magdalene only squeezed her eyes closed more tightly now and pursed her lips. You smell different, came out of her mouth from who knows where. Do I know you? she said, and his heart leapt if only for a moment. He loosened his grasp on her hands, and in that swift moment she acted and only took one finger, but the spell cast from that small finger bore down upon Hyperseth, and he was bolted backwards against a large conifer. The wind knocked out of him. He gasped as Megdalene took that moment to run. She couldn't fly fast enough, not without her wand, so she had to settle on a glamour and soft footing. She made herself small and hoped he hadn't seen the change as she shifted into a small fawn. She walked gracefully by him as he regathered his composure. Why, that was not nice, he said boldly, but you won't go far, woman, he said, as Tulane appeared holding the powerball in a leather bag tied to his trappings. Hyperseth pulled the powerball out of the bag, and such was its joy at being reunited with its creator that it wildly spun from his grasp and settled back down into his palm as if it had been made to sit just right there. I created you for just such an occasion, he laughed warmly, knowing nothing could ever truly separate them again. Show me my love, he commanded, and at the instructions of its master, the powerball's murky surface cleared, and the vision of a small fawn drinking water from the river Darling appeared inside it. Very clever, he said, a little huskily now, as these games always did something to turn him on. But we'll see about that, he said, moving up behind a fawn, Magdalene, and scooping her up into a light-filled pouch. Let's see how you fare in here, he smiled, as he felt her ire at being found out. Two can play fairy games, he said, ready to match her cleverness with his own. Oh, he recalled how they used to play these games so long ago, each one trying to best the other in this hide-and-seek, the both of them ending up naked under the tall trees and making love together in the moonlight. He wanted those days back, he thought more boldly now, and time was wasting. He couldn't have been more right. Before he could continue his flirtations, a huge boom sounded, and a large poof of orange smoke bellowed up in the clearing where Hyperseth stood with Fawn Magdalene. An irate and equally cunning opponent, the likes of Gramelda Ravenclaw, appeared before him and he winced. She must have tracked her sister's magic, he thought, conjoling himself for not thinking that part through. Well, there goes nothing, he thought, as he deftly tossed the bag along with Megdalene onto the saddle of Tulane, and before Grimelda could blink twice, the horse, rider, and sister appeared in a disappeared in a cloud of dust. Grimelda coughed and sputtered and beat her fist on the ground. No one foiled Grimelda Ravenclaw. <laughs>